If you've been around often, I feel like I say, today's going to look a little bit different, a lot. So I don't know why I still say that today's going to look different, because it often looks different. But today is going to look a little bit different, and um, part of the reason why is because today, November 11th, is actually two different things. One, it is Veterans Day, and two, it's Orphan Sunday. So obviously, Veterans um, Day is a day that we honor those that um, have served in the armed forces. Um, If you're not familiar with Orphan Sunday, Orphan Sunday is a day where Christians kind of around the globe kind of together celebrate the love of a God that defends the rights of the fatherless and kind of causes us to do the same. So today, we're going to seek to kind of do both of those things. We're going to seek to um, honor veterans, but also celebrate the love that our God has for all of us. So um, to start off, if you are a veteran, would you mind standing? Okay, thank you. We don't um, say thank you enough for your service, so thank you for your service. Uh, And one of the things that I've learned um, in my short life, just kidding, I'm 40, but in in my life I've learned is that oftentimes there's sometimes even a bigger impact on the family members of those who are serving. Um, It can be worry, it can be fear, it can be um, being without that person for a while. Uh, It can be all sorts of things. And so if you are a family member, or if one of your family members has served or is serving, would you stand? Um, as I said before, there can often be an impact on the family, and oftentimes that impact can even challenge people's faith to the core. We experienced um, years ago a great friend of ours whose husband was killed in a military training exercise, and the impact that was on that family was obviously tremendous. Um, but there can be so many different ways that it that that uh, the ink can impact a family and. Um, You know, faith uh, is defined as having complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And for those of us who are followers of Christ, we we say that we have complete trust in God, complete confidence in God. But but man, there's times things in our life can happen and can rock us in that, right? Well, today it seems fitting that it's Veterans Day and that um, we're talking about how that can impact a family that we're going to hear from one such family. Um, Cheatums, will you guys come up? <laughs> um, I decided to do this. Uh, we're gonna, you guys can sit if you want. We're going to do this a little bit interview style because if you know much about Chris, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And sometimes, <laughs> and, and sometimes you just got to grab the mic away. Um, but for those of you who who don't know, this is the Cheatums, this is Chris and Bobby. Chris um, plays in the band here some, and they have two wonderful kids, uh, Molly and Allie. And, um, but one of the things that you may not know is both of you come from military families, correct? 
And um, both of them have a faith in the Lord. Both of them have been seeking to walk out that faith. And in fact, I want to tell you, uh, I'll probably, I don't know if you can embarrass Chris. No. Um, But I'm going to tell you two quick things. I wasn't even planning on doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. So Sarah growing up, she was, she danced, right? She did like ballet and jazz and tap and hip hop. She did all these types of dance. And when she danced, she was in this crew, dance crew, right? And it was called Chris and the Girls. And the reason it was called Chris and the Girls is because it was a bunch of girls that danced and Chris danced with them. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hello? He is actually Mr. Dance Ohio of 1994. The, the second thing that you may not know is um, one of the most honest, heartfelt prayers that I've ever heard came from Chris. And he probably doesn't even know I'm going to say this, but he um, said, God, I don't ask you for much, but I ask you that at the end of this day, we would love you and love one another a little bit more. Amen. And it was just this cool, like, and I think I, I'm often like, you know, dearest Lord and Savior, and like, and it was just, it was, it was awesome. So in any case, this is the Cheatums. Um, that was a longer introduction than I was planning, but um, so I'm going to ask them um, some questions and ask them to share, kind of answer the questions, because their family has been deeply impacted um, by having a military family. So to start off with, I'm going to hand this back to you now. Um, keep it away from Chris. Um, in general, like having a faith in God, trusting in God, what would you say um, is the biggest challenge that you have just in general with having faith in God? No, go ahead. <laughs> I don't think he'll need a microphone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Can everybody hear me? I hate talking into microphones. So, <laughs> um, And if I'm looking at my phone, it's because I have notes because we had, what, three or four pages that we mm-hmm. gave Brian, and it had to be reduced drastically. So <laughs> I have some notes on my phone. <laughs> so um, one of the things that we're to- well, I was told growing up, and I think a lot of other people too, is that we are God never gives us anything that we can't handle. And so that is, um, I, I try to live by that every day, but um, when you're, some things are thrown at you, uh, it, it really is hard to actually believe that all the time because you just in the moment think that these things are the worst things ever. Um, and so luckily, you know, friends and family and God, of course, help you get through everything, but it's a, it's a struggle. It really, really is. No, you did good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, and so one of the things that the so I'm going to have to read it I apologize I feel it's the best way to put it so that the more things we're given that it it leads to obviously more questions and and more obviously unknowns which is even more of a struggle because then it leads to um, what's going to happen next and I'm a planner and so that's really hard for me I don't know God's plan, and oh, it, it's hard. It's really hard. I, I love to plan. Um, if, if you know me, I have tons of calendars in our house, and we, um, every <laughs> single one of them is in sync. <laughs> so um, struggling, uh, I mean, that's probably the biggest challenge is not knowing what's going to happen next. 
Yeah, and I think even in that, the, the, page, the three to five pages that were written, it even talked about that in those times of uncertainty, it can lead to doubt. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, with the second question, then, com, you know, us trying to have complete trust in God isn't easy in normal life, but then oftentimes if we're in the midst of a storm, it can be even harder. So, can you tell us about a storm that you faced and about what faith looked like in that season? You want me to use the microphone? <laughs> you have your brother, right? So, I don't know what year it was. Uh, Bobby's brother, his name's George. I uh, got deployed overseas in Iraq. He's in the Army. No, he was in the Army. Uh, and he had um, some serious missions that he went on that he shouldn't have seen the things that you can only imagine. Uh, he got in a terrible accident and um, ended up getting shipped from uh, Iraq to Ramstein, was there for quite a while. Left Ramstein and went to Walter Reed. Yeah. And uh, when he, Bobby keeps telling me, I only met George briefly before he deployed. And she keeps telling me that he was this way before he deployed. And now that he's come home and has been injured and some of the things he's seen, he's no ways near what he used to be. And that's a struggle for Bobby and myself for that matter. You know, when Bobby struggles, I feel I struggle. Um, but the accident definitely left a scar on our entire family, not just her and I, on the kids, on, uh, on their mom and dad, on everybody involved in this thing. And uh, it definitely makes you think, you know, God's supposed to only give you what you can handle. Well, he's kicking my ass right now, you know, and I mean, it's, sorry. sorry. That's, and, uh, that's a quarter at our house. <laughs> but uh, those are the things that um, is what the storm is right now, dealing with her brother and him now that he's home isn't the same. Mm-hmm. It's been about, uh, what, 2018? So he left in 2003. He came back in 2004. And um, he's the PTSD um, didn't actually start right away. But um, it's kind of grown and become more intense. And a lot of the things that surround it, um, he's doing better and every day. And then you have something happens. And that's, that's that storm. It, mm-hmm. it comes in. Um, we've been... Um, we are no longer his family sometimes. We've been told that. Uh, that really, really hurts because, I mean, he's my brother, my, my, my hero. Um, and I just can't imagine, you know, anything without him. And so when he says that kind of thing to you, and then the next day he apologizes, but you're like, really? Um, do you even know what you said? And so that, that for me is really, really hard because, you know, people... you. I guess I've always been told that people say the first thing that comes out of their mouth, that's what they actually mean. Um, but uh, it's, it's not always, it, I don't know if it's always like that anymore. This, all of this has really made me stop and think about everything. So, um, I mean, but the, the storm can be pretty rough, but there are definitely different things that can help us, have, have helped us get through it. Um, my husband, for one, is an amazing, amazing man, and uh, he calms me down, and um, do I tell it? Do it. <laughs> um, do this, this, no, I don't want you to. I'll, <laughs> I'll give the shortened version. So um, my brother was told he was going to a bad place for what he had to do um, while he was overseas. And uh, we were visiting him when he was hospitalized at the mental facility at the VA hospital. And what they do there for him anyways, would they would drug him up and then bring him down slowly. And um, his wife at the time, uh, we, uh, 
well, we thought she was a really nice person. Um, she told him he was going to, told him right there he was going to a very bad place. And um, I lost my cool and I decked her and she hit the floor. And she did not hit the floor. Oh, the wall <laughs> and then the floor. But um, regardless, um, I mean, but he was there to calm me down after that because, I mean, it, I didn't, <laughs> he really, he, it was like God was talking to me right then. I mean, it was, sit down. Um, <laughs> but, but he's, I mean, after that, I just didn't know what, I mean, oh my gosh, I, what did I just do there? I mean, why did I do that? But I mean, it was something for my, against my brother and she, no one should ever say anything like that to someone. Yeah. Um, and so you do things for your family. <laughs> <laughs> And, and in that, we, as we, you know, in the, in the writing that you sent over, like, you go through these hard things, and you at one point talked about, and you, it was this beautiful thing that you wrote that you said, during this period of time of him being gone, we couldn't even watch the news. Uh, and that you said something along the lines of that you, you, were, you were able to have hope, but not necessarily faith. Yeah. Um, do you want to say anything to that? That's exactly exactly what it is. That's I should have looked at my notes again. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> but that's exactly it. Uh, I, I wouldn't. That was probably one of the points where where I wouldn't say my faith was completely. I mean, 100 percent. All we could do was hope. We never. We stopped watching the news. My mom and dad stopped watching the news because at that time it was right when the war had started again, and. Um, I mean, you just, there were so many different reports of bad things happening. So we didn't know what to think and we didn't know what would happen. And so we just hoped that everything was going to be okay. And in the, in the midst of that, you, you know, you said he went in 2003, he came home to 2004 and you guys got married right after that. And so there you are at your wedding, you get to dance with your brother that you haven't been able to really see much. And you probably thought everything is going to be back to normal. We're all good, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then that obviously hasn't been the case, which you've already mentioned, that he has PTSD, um, and that it kind of rocked your faith, um, and it led to questions. Can you tell us anything about those questions that it's... What? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it led to tons of questions. One of the biggest ones for me is... Um, why would God let someone, I mean, make it through all that just to come home and suffer like this? Hmm. Um, I mean, so when he suffers, we suffer. Um, I mean, just thinking about it, it I mean, I want to sit here and tear up and cry because um, it's just so hard to watch a family member in pain. Um, hmm. And you can't do anything about it. Hmm. Um, some days he's good. Some days he was bad. He would, um, he would, he would his PTSD and his anger would get so bad he would just yell for no reason. And it was because the toilet paper was put on the roll wrong. I mean... Oops, I do that too. I and it's, I mean, <laughs> it would just, you know, you learn to, um, to, to handle it. And um, like I said, our family and, and close friends have uh, helped us through it, definitely. I have a really awesome running partner who um, I talk to a lot when we run, and uh, she... Uh, it ain't me. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we saw it. We figured. We figured. <laughs> but it's those moments that, that um, I mean, help you get through, through everything. 
that you need to. And then last question, overall, like obviously there's been ups and downs, and I'm sure there's days where you, you, you question so much, you're like, ah, I just don't get this. But what would you say are the things that have kind of gotten you through that storm as far as your faith? No, go ahead. <laughs> I've done all the talking. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, so, he told me I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, it's the biggest things is family and friends um, and, and, and God. Um, there's a, a lot of different um, verses I, I sent to Brian that um, we look at and, about faith and just um, you know, different stories that I, I look at and you know, sit back and think that they had faith. That, and they went through this, that I know that I can go through this. Um, uh, just talking to different people, um, for example, my father-in-law, he was also overseas in war. He was in World War II. And um, it was really cool that my brother was able to relate to him. They had both um, done a lot of different missions um, and had some of the same outcomes. And so to see his point of view, because I can't, I can't relate to my brother at all. And that'll be the first thing he tells you is that, you, you know, you can't relate to me. You don't know what I've gone through. Well, I understand, but I, I want to know. I want to be here for you. I want to be able to help you with that. Um, but just family, friends, and, 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 and the Bible and, and running, mm -hmm. a lot of it. <laughs> I come up with a lot of great things when I run. <laughs> it really helps to relax me. <laughs> One of the things that you mentioned in your writing was that um, you don't know why God does what he does, but you've gotten to a point to where you're okay with it. And then it was this cool thing, and, and Chris said, um, it's not a job he wants. Yeah, I don't want that job. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> That's right. He wants to right. be that person. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, you know, like, it's hard to rejoice in suffering. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned something about what you've learned about faith uh, of a hill versus a staircase. Do you want to say something to that? I'm going to have to read it. That's fine. I'm very sorry. <laughs> so it's, it's not really a hill. It's more of a staircase. Um, you're never really at the top or the bottom of the hill, but you're in the middle of, you know, like an escalator, ascending or descending stairs. And um, we've realized that in the midst of it all, that um, the biggest thing that God doesn't leave us, because he doesn't. I mean, um, I don't know if, any, if you guys were here the one time when we were having actually a bad week and I got up and talked about my nephew and he was getting ready to ride a bull and his out, and this is my brother's son and his outlook about, about you know, just pray about it. You know, it's so simple. And that, those little reminders, I mean, God does that every day. I mean, he shows us these things that we should be thankful for and, and remind us that, you know, he's not going to leave us. He, he's going to be there no matter what. It's hard, but again, that also helps us to be able to help other people at the same time. Um, I don't know if you guys know the Zanowicks, um, the fa family from Miamisburg who lost their son in, um, in war as well. Um, it was the weirdest thing. I was at Panera studying for a class, and I overheard them talking to somebody. And it was really nice. They had just started to become, um, not that you can ever really become better about losing somebody, but um, they were sharing their story, and someone was going to put on a motorcycle ride for them. And um, I was able to talk to them, and they asked 
I mean, I still talk to them this day. I had never met them. I'm from Xenia. They're from Miamisburg. And it was the, the neatest thing ever is that, you know, God in the midst of the storm, he just creates these moments that you know that he's there. He's going to be there always. I'm going to pray for him. Father God, I thank you so much for the Cheatums. I thank you for the, the challenge that, that they are to me, the encouragement that they are to me. And I, I just thank you um, for the ways that you have not left them and forsake them. That they've um, not, it's not always been easy to rejoice in suffering, but that you allowed them to do that. And so God, I, I also um, lift up George to you. God, I um, am sure the things that he's seen, the things that he's done are things that there's no way I could possibly understand. Uh, but God, you um, are a God who loves and who wants to come alongside in the same way that you have walked alongside the Cheatums. I pray that you'd walk alongside George, that you had, um, you'd show him who you are. And God, I pray for others that um, veterans who have gone through things, other people here who've gone through storms. And God, um, we really do, just do just um, lift people up to you. You know, if you get online and see statistics, you see that veterans are two times more likely to commit suicide. There's often a struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder. You can see that there's an average of 40% of homeless men are veterans. And so, God, we, um, we just lift them up to you. And God, ultimately, too, anybody here today who's in a place where they're wrestling with a storm, we lift them up to you, too, that they would see a little bit more of who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. It's going to feel like a big shift, you know. We, um, you'll see how, they, how we kind of tie it together, but we talked about Veterans Day, and we're going to kind of almost switch gears to talk about Orphan Sunday. And like I said before, if, you, if you're not familiar, Orphan Sunday is a day where Christians across the world kind of together celebrate a God who defends the rights of the fatherless. Amen. A God who, who causes us to do the same. And you, can, you could look through Scripture and you could see God's heart for the fatherless real quickly, and you could see a command on us to do the same. I'm going to read just a handful of scriptures. Deuteronomy 10, 18, talking about God. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow. He loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. In Psalm 82, verse 3, he says that we should give justice to the weak and the fatherless, maintain the rights of the afflicted and the destitute. In Isaiah 1, verse 17, he says, we should learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. In Deuteronomy 24, 17, he says, you shall not pervert the justice due to the sojourner or the fatherless or take a widow's garment in pledge. Two verses later, Deuteronomy 24, 19 says, cursed be anyone who perverts justice due to the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow and all the people shall say amen. You can see in, in James, it says that it's pure and faultless religion that we care for orphans and widows in their distress. And so we have this God who has this huge, huge heart for the fatherless. And the thing about it is that I absolutely love about our church is you can see um, an impact that has happened here. Um, just this past week, I was talking to somebody, and my dad walked by, and he said, hey, meet us at Chipotle for lunch, which is one of my favorite things to hear. But he said that, and as he walked by, the person I was talking to said, that's got to be your dad. You look just like him. He's right there. I think it's the gray hair, but, 
But um, when, when you, you can very often begin to look like your father, right? And I think that the same thing has happened here in, in this church. So God is this God who has this heart for the fatherless, right? Well, so I want to ask a couple people to do things. If you've ever been on a mission trip, short term or a little bit longer, like an entire summer, where you have focused on orphan care, would you stand up? If you have ever um, given toward missions specific to orphan care, stand up. And for anyone else who has ever given any money here, we as a church give money to Grant and Kelly Keys, who are with Back to Back Ministries, um, who are missionaries specifically with orphan care. And then maybe also if you have ever thought about adopting or fostering, would you stand up? See, you can see there's a big impact. And people have seen a view of what their father's like. So I want to say thank you to you guys, and you guys can sit down for a minute. Now, kind of, if your family has adopted, or you have been adopted, um, or fostered, and your family has fostered, have allowed kids to live with you, would you stand? Dad, you're a grandpa. You, you've been impacted. You guys have been impacted. You, you're aunt and uncle. Again, yeah, thank you. At one point in time, you guys can be seated. At one point in time, several years ago, we, I, almost, I almost felt bad uh, because I had anybody who had adopted or been adopted come forward and it was like almost the entire group of people that were there that day. Um, and I almost felt like it was kind of like manipulation, you know, like everybody else better, you know, get on the bandwagon. But um, I don't know the exact number, but of the number of kids at this church, there is a tremendous number of them have been adopted. Um, but again, like God has this huge heart for the fatherless, and he's, he's given that to us as his people and it's powerful in number to look and to see how many people have been a part of fostering, have been a part of adoption, have a heart for the orphan. And it, I think it comes directly from our Father. And you can look through Scripture and you can see tons of things about adoption. You can see even Moses was adopted. And you can see all these different things that's really cool about adoption. But one of the biggest things that you see is adoption is actually the language that is used to describe those of us that are in a relationship with God that we have been adopted by a loving Father. And so I've asked three different people to come forward and to read some selected scriptures. And so if you guys want to come forward, that I've asked to do that. And I want, I want you guys just to listen to these scriptures that talk about God adopting us as his children. This, this one's dead. Okay. Uh, this is Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, 
the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Galatians 4, 3 through 7. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And this is Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 10 through 12. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. So then, my brothers, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. In those verses we see that God had a love for us, that he pursued us that he adopted us, he gave us a new name. He gave us an inheritance, he even gave us the same spirit. He gave us a heart like our fathers, a heart for the fatherless. The, the funny thing is, is we read about the fatherless in almost every single one of those verses, it, it also mentions a sojourner, or it mentions a widow, or it mentions those who are oppressed. Our God has this heart for the orphan. He has a heart for the fatherless. He has a heart for the sojourner. He has a heart for those who are oppressed. In fact, if you read through Scripture, God is a God who wants to give peace. He's a God who brings comfort. He's a God who wants to walk with us. He's a God who will never leave us or forsake us. And that's why when Jesus comes, Jesus came for tax collectors and sinners. He came not for the healthy, but for the sick. In Luke 4, we see that Jesus came to proclaim good news to the poor. We see that Jesus came to give liberty to the captives. We see that he came to recover sight to the blind. He came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The thing is, as I was thinking about this, I was like, how in the world do you tie in Veterans Day and Orphan Sunday. And it's really actually pretty easy. Because we have a loving God as a father who loves 
all of us. Who loves those who are oppressed, those who are hurting, those who are struggling. Who comes to, to give us a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. And I was thinking about this verse this morning. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 through 40. And it says this, Then the king, this is Jesus speaking, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or see you naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did to me. We have this God who loves people no matter what they're going through. They're oppressed. They're fatherless. We have this God who wants to be a father to all of us. And so my hope today as I, as I end, there's kind of three things. One, if you are here today, my hope is, is that you saw a little bit about the heart of God. A God that loves even through a storm. You see a God who loves the fatherless, who loves the orphan, who loves those who are oppressed, those who are struggling. That's powerful. My hope is, is that for those of us um, that we experience that, that we also experience being adopted as his child. That we understand what it means that we have a new name. That we understand what it means to have an inheritance. And number three, um, I think if we're honest, if we get to the point where we're really honest, we would say that all of us fall into the trap of this life being all about me. It's all about my job, my kids, my house. We fail to live out the heart of God. I think you can even do good things. Like you can have this life be about your job uh, in ministry. It can be about a church. It can be about your friend circle and not being living out the heart of God. So my hope for today, at least for me, and if you're with me on that, that, that it's very easy for this life to become focused on me, on my family, on my job, my kids. If, if you're in that same boat, my hope for today is that it's a day of repentance. Today that we really are reminded of the heart of God and that we just humbly repent of the ways that we can make this life all about us. And we go to Him seeing his heart, seeing how he loves those who are in need. We ask for forgiveness that he renews us, he restores us, he transforms us. Let's pray. God, throughout the word, we can see your heart for the fatherless. We can see your heart for the least of these. We can see your heart for those who are in prison. We can see your heart for those who are, who are without clothes. We can see your, your heart for people who are without food, people without water. We can see your heart for the sojourner, for the widow, your heart 
for the oppressed. God, I can only imagine your heart for the veteran. So God, I pray that today would be a day that we are just reminded of your love, of your grace, of your heart. And it breaks ours. God, help us only through the Spirit to begin to look a little bit more like our Father every day. In Jesus' name.